Welcome to Uncharted Careers. I'm Courtney Hartman, and I talk with guests each week about their career paths to give listeners an insider look into different industries, how folks have made decisions in their careers, and we'll explore what each guest has learned along the way. I'm on a mission to share knowledge that is only learned in the field outside of a classroom. Join me to find inspiration for your own career. Well, I'm so excited to be talking with Joe Gilgoff today. He was the first person to hire me out of college as a customer service representative with a company called Zerve. And I look back at Zerve with many fond memories. He was really my first manager and mentor. And Joe, honestly, I can't even tell you how much you've changed my life. You really empowered me to take on new challenges professionally. And I just learned so much from you just through osmosis about how to lead people. And I feel very lucky and grateful that I got to work with you during one of the most transformative times of my life. And you really helped to build the foundation for my whole professional career. And on a personal level, Joe is also one of the smartest and funniest people I know. And I feel really honored that we've continued our friendship after Zerve. So I just want to start off by thanking you for joining me today. Wow, Courtney. Um, it's quite a pleasure and honestly a, a privilege and honor to be here. Um, that intro was way too kind. Now I'm, I'm feeling the things listening to that. Um, I definitely want to say for my part, yeah, what a pleasure it is to be here. And, you know, now you, Courtney, are such an industry boss and leader. Um, and we've been, you know, just peers and friends for many years now. Um, but I, I definitely still remember to this day um, receiving your application for um, pretty entry-level job at our shared company, first company, Zerve. Not as entry-level as I started there, um, but still pretty entry-level. And I remember receiving your application and it was amazing. And you had like a 4.9 GPA or I don't know, something I didn't know was possible. And I just remember thinking, well, this person is wildly overqualified for this role, but I hope we're lucky enough to, to get her. Um, and we did. And then we worked together for several years and we're both leaders in that business. And you know, we're, we're friends and, and peers many years later. So um, awesome to reflect back on and awesome to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that time very well. I remember meeting up with you at Jacques Torres for the first interview and just being so excited about the prospect of working with somebody so smart and kind and um, <laughs> excited. I appreciate that. And I'm sure there's there's too many roads to go down here for, uh, I'm sure, the length of this podcast in terms of <laughs> shared experiences we had from that first company, Zerf. But that is, that is something worth worth repeating that we would have like 90% of our interviews at a really quirky, fun, and delicious um, chocolate shop across the street, which it was like a rite of passage. Um, I interviewed there as well. And I think we probably lost some good people over the years who were like, what goes on? Do these people have an office? But you know, for those of us that that were uh, up for it, you'd meet there, you would be presented with like a scalding hot, super thick hot chocolate and have to navigate through your interview with like three to five servers um, while, while you sip the hot chocolate and it was just a rite of passage. So awesome stuff to look back on. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'd love to start off just by talking a little bit more about what you've been doing most recently. Oh, yeah, for sure. So For the last about three and a half years now, um, I've been in a role of VP of customer care at a company called Daily Harvest. Um, Daily Harvest is an amazing um, company, you know, founder driven and led, um, met with the founder CEO, Rachel, you know, three and a half or so years ago and just never looked back. 
Um, Daily Harvest basically is helping its customers to eat more fruits and vegetables. Um, also really with some grand aspirations you know, around really kind of shaking up the food system and even helping to address environmental issues. Um, but yeah, at, at, at its core, we're basically shipping people um, awesome recipes um, around plant-based food, um, farm frozen, just amazing ingredients and really helps people um, who are looking to make thoughtful choices around, you know, what they're putting into their body and um, the environmental, um, you know, impact of those choices, um, but who might be short on time and uh, don't want to buy like 80 different, you know, ingredients from the store and try to figure that out. So it's an awesome product, awesome team. Um, and I've been leading customer care there for about three and a half years. So basically the the core or the base of, of the role is around customer support and heading up all of our di- different customer support channels. Um, but it's been a privilege to lead care at Daily Harvest. So basically customer care is very much at the core of what we do. Um, big differentiator for us um, against kind of quasi competitors um, looking to really connect with our customers, offer world-class care, very individualized kind of brand of hospitality, and then working alongside um, fellow department heads in areas like product um, marketing, creative, engineering, and just kind of focusing on the holistic uh, customer experience across the platform as well. What attracted you to Daily Harvest and the role heading up customer care there? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I it's funny that I, I already kind of alluded to meeting with our founder, CEO, Rachel, and um, these interviews that I had almost four years ago, because they're still very fresh in my mind. Um, I showed up for interviews at the company just on the heels or like on the basis of some strong LinkedIn outreach messages I'd received and like, all right, sure, I'm, I'm up for, for speaking to these people. Um, smoothies sold online. That's cool. Like I really knew next to nothing about the business, but I met with a few leaders in the business. And then when I met with the founder, CEO, Rachel, um, I had a similar experience as I found out many other um, Daily Harvest folks or DHers had, which is basically spend some time with Rachel, you know, hear about the vision, hear about her view on business life, customer centricity, you know, the food system, what she's trying to get done with the company and with her career in life. And, you know, you're just kind of hooked. So for me more specifically, um, it was very, very, very refreshing speaking to a founder CEO who was basically selling me on the impact that a customer care or CX or support function you know, could have and should have in a company. I was very much used to in my career selling, um, you know, C-level executives, <clears throat> excuse me, our founder CEOs on that vision um, and on how impactful customer, great customer care could be, you know, not just in terms of spreading smiles um, or even in terms of just customer satisfaction scores or NPS scores, which, you know, which is, which are all profound impacts already, but really very much being in the fabric um, of the company's strategy um, customer loyalty, you know, strategy and just building a world changing company. And she saw customer care at the core of that and basically was pitching to me that, you know, we want customer care to be at the center of everything that we do. We have a a good solid team already and some leaders in place, but we want to have somebody join at an executive VP level, you know, really have a seat at the table with other leaders in the business and help us to figure out how customer care could really push this business forward. So that was super compelling for me. And so it was basically that setup combined with something that I knew would be new in my career, which I'm really, really proud of all of the companies um, where I've worked and led, I'm really proud of everything we've built. Um, but this was the first opportunity in my career 
um, to work for a company that was, you know, that had its hands kind of in the soil and the earth quite literally. And so we're, you know, partnering with farmers um, to create these incredible recipes and, you know, food that's going to nourish our customers and kind of create that from the soil and on up. So I saw the combination of a really, really inspiring, you know, product admission together with that sort of elevated, empowered role that care and a care executive could serve as -hmm. just being an incredible combination. I want to pass up. Yeah, that is unique. It's so important to be passionate about the industry that you're in and really care. And I think it is a little unique that they that customer care, customer service was so core to the overall initiative and goals of the company. I've worked in many companies that have customer service and everyone agrees it's important, but I don't think that customer service in general gets enough resources in general, especially in leadership positions. So that's awesome that you had the opportunity there. I'm curious, what attracted you to customer service in general? Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, it's awesome to talk to you about this, Courtney, because I feel like there's definitely some overlap in the way that we see business in the world or maybe even our career journeys to an extent. So for me, um, well, taking a step back, um, I I went to college or university, as we called it, um, up in Montreal, Canada. Uh, the next question I always get from people is like, oh, you're Canadian. Awesome. Like, nope, nope. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? But I grew up in Queens, New York. I found my way um, to Miguel up in, in Montreal, Canada. It was an awesome experience. Um, I decided to focus on literature. Like I was an English major in terms of just um, reading lots of books and writing lots of papers, right? So I had a great college experience, but as all English majors, I had to figure out what to do with my life after that. Um I at first actually thought that I wanted to write in more, some more traditional way for a living, um, including journalism, sports journalism. These were things I was considering. Um, fast forwarding a little bit, you know, a few months out of school, I decided to try my hands um, in the business world and, and more specifically was, you know, realized that I was really drawn to this idea of startups and growth companies and, you know, had a hunch or had a hope. Um, that my communication skills and life skills and maybe a not terrible just kind of instinct or sense around business could serve me well. So it's kind of just a hunch and something I decided to explore. Um, and as many people have in their career story, it was like a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing, shall we say, that somebody recommended like, hey, you should check out this internship um, at this tiny startup. They're kind of you know doing cool things. And really for me, I, I, I wish I could say that it was more thoughtful. I think it was the first of many examples where I kind of stumbled my way through early career choices and uh, through a combination of luck and hard work, had some good outcomes. But, you know, really my path into customer service was as simple as it was a, a foot in the door um, at a startup that seemed attractive to me and where I hoped I'd, I'd learn about business and, and career and, and figure something out, you know, in my time there. I guess I was also building on some experiences I had had from 14 years old and on, um, having jobs like uh, anything from Dunkin' Donuts to serving at Applebee's, um, you know, also a couple of internships and office jobs. But I had this general sense that I really loved helping people and serving people. I've always found the idea of serving another person not as demeaning um, to me at all, but sort of as a privilege and something that I looked forward to um, is providing great service and great care to other people in any setting. So, 
Um, I was put on the phones at my first job. It's kind of what I had to do. But I guess I found that I loved it. Um, I found that something clicked and that the same magic I experienced in a setting like Dunkin' Donuts or Applebee's, which would make some people chuckle, but I found that the same magic I experienced there um, was applicable to uh, quote unquote real jobs or kind of the business world and that, you know, the idea of providing world-class, really inspiring, uplifting level of customer service could have a huge impact on a business as well. And so it's kind of a simple or obvious or, uh, you know, epiphany in retrospect, but that was kind of like an early career epiphany for me is like, hey, I could do this customer service thing put my mind to something, work hard and uh, help people a lot. And that could be my whole career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think customer service doesn't have the best reputation. But when you experience really solid customer service, and you're talking with somebody that you feel really cares about the outcome and cares about you and wants to be on the phone with you, it makes such a huge difference. I mean, I think back to some experiences that I've had just calling uh, a company when I've had an issue with shipping or something like that. And when the turnaround time is quick and when I feel like there's a real person on the other line that cares to be talking to me, those moments really stick with me. And I experienced it also at Serve um, on the end of being a customer service representative. And you have the ability to create such a positive impact on somebody's day. And yeah, I can see why you wanted to stay in that world. Yeah. I, I, I love what you said there. Um, and was thinking back on so many moments in my life as I listened to you, I think like I put it this way now, I feel like I have a good amount of years and companies under my belt and speaking with huge conviction around, you know, like the dollars and cents impact that amazing customer care could have on a business. And I think during the course of my career, I've seen that it's kind of like a roller coaster in terms of how accepted or obvious of a reality that is um, out there, just like at an average business. I feel like probably right now is actually a pretty good moment for the industry. I think a lot of companies have really come around on that reality. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could talk more about that. Perhaps we will. But I also just want to comment from a life standpoint and creating a real impact. Yeah, we, uh, I had some moments early on at Zerv um, that were surprising to me and that, and, and that really deepened my passion for customer service. So one of them was uh, I was helping gentlemen on the phone. And uh, for anyone out there listening, you may not know a ton around what Zerv did where Courtney and I started our careers, but uh, it was fun because we, we, we were helping the businesses that ran really high quality local leisure activities and then we were helping just regular people and customers who would enjoy those activities. And uh, one time I helped a guy over the phone. He was trying to figure out how to get his wife a gift certificate for a walking chocolate tour in New York, which I still, I don't know about you, Courtney, but I still, you know, smile when I think about all the amazing activities that we supported, like quirky local stuff, but really, really awesome stuff. Um, so I gave the guy some help. Like I couldn't even help him a hundred percent. You know, I won't go into detail situation, not that interesting, but suffice to say, I couldn't even help him a hundred percent. I just did my best um, to kind of send him on his way and help him out with his issue. And he told me at the end of the call that I had restored his faith in humanity. And I still remember to this day, wow. like I sort of instinctually laughed when he said that. And he jumped in and told me, like, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding in the slightest, man. You know, like. And he kind of just took a few minutes to tell me about stuff he had been going through in life. 
um, people he had been dealing with that caused him to doubt humanity. And just speaking to me that day and finding such a you know warm, sympathetic ear, someone really listening who cared about his issue and tried to help him out, um, that was the impact that five-minute call had on him. So um, I obviously have never forgotten about him. I don't know who he was. I, he doesn't know me. But he had a profound impact. And I'll say one more thing is I have somebody else in my life, one of the closest people in my life, who just, you know, he, ha- he has various health issues and, and challenges he's faced in his life. And I've had a couple of moments along the way in my career journey. Um, he's a great mentor to me also. And I'll say like, man, I just hope what I'm doing is important enough. And he's been another person in my life who will remind me, you know, like when he's going through the most serious challenges in his life, how desperate he is to speak to sometimes it's, you know, anyone, but including a customer service representative who's just kind and uh, takes that extra moment with him and and truly tries to hear him and help him. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody close in my life who will remind me, you know, that could actually have a huge impact on someone's day to say the least, you know, if not just kind of their overall um kind of overall where, where they're at in their life at that time. So, you know, I'll pull up there. I could go on here for hours, but yeah, <laughs> suffice to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in summary in the impact that a care organization could have on a business, but also on many individuals' lives. On the flip side, what's been the most challenging part or your <laughs> least favorite part of working in customer care? Oh, yeah, definitely. On the, that's a good transition. Um, you know, I've thought about this and I've said this kind of with a laugh to people over the years. Like if you were, if you were to be a fly on the wall to a bunch of customer service leaders talking, you know, in a circle over a drink and like grumbling, like at a conference or something like that, like what would they be talking about? A very common thing that, um, very common challenge that, that CX or, you know, support care leaders face is a lack of resourcing within the business to get the things done that they want to get done. So you alluded to this before, Courtney, I think no business would say that they don't care about customer support or experience. Um, one of the differentiators when you kind of double click or like dive deeper, you're leading in a business is, are we ready and able to step up with resources to support that team? Understanding that the team pretty much one-to-one kind of correlation is, is really advocating for its customers. And so are we ready to, uh, you know, step up and support support team and uh, our customer experience and that support could come in different ways. It could come from competitive, fair, compelling pay and, and benefits and just total rewards and job experience. And many times it could come in the form of uh, product and engineering resources, um, you know, working at the companies where I have and you, you have as well. That's one of the most sought after and, and scarce resources is a company's um, you know, technology team and, and resourcing. So that's where leaders, I think, in, in CX are always fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're saying, you know, basically, if if you want our team to be able to offer the 10 out of 10 world-class customer care that we all want to be able to, and if, if, if the company or the company's senior leadership does really believe in the impact that that care would have, uh, then our initiatives and customer initiatives uh, need to be funded in those ways as well. So that would be that would be my answer as far as specific to my industry. Um, and then real talk is, you know, when when we're recording this, I mean, it, it's not a, a unique um, 
challenge set of challenges or situation that we've been navigating through, but we have had a couple of reductions in force Mm -hmm. and navigating through that as, um, you know, quite a, quite a passionate and caring people manager, if I say so myself, um, that's really challenging. I agree. It's super challenging too. And obviously with all respect, it's most challenging to people impacted. Um, and so it doesn't really matter what the leader's experience with it it, it is with it in a way, but of, of, of course it, it is super challenging, um, uh, for a leader as well. Yeah. And I think with my experience in the companies that I've worked in, the companies that really care about customer experience and customer support, it has such ripple effects throughout the entire company where if your clients feel like they're being taken care of and your customers feel like they're being taken care of, it contributes so much, I think, to employees feeling that they're being taken care of and that their input matters and that what they're doing is important and I think with Daily Harvest, it's awesome that that has been so core. Like I said, I really, I, I do think that that's a little unique that they have been so invested as a company in that customer experience along the way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I mean, a couple of ways that comes into play, I was just refl- listening to you and reflecting on what what has been different at Daily Harvest from day one. I would say one thing that's been really cool is a combination between generous customer accommodation policies, but then also a really deep, profound trust in customer care team and leadership Mm -hmm. um, to execute on those general guidelines as we see fit to take care of customers. You know, basically, Mm -hmm. if as a customer care department, we made, you know, the many thousands of decisions in a given week that kind of add up to one holistic or some decision of like, hey, this is what we had to do. And this is what we had to spend to take care of our customers and really try to drive lifelong customers and relationships, which is what we're trying to do at Daily Harvest in a pretty profound way. Um, The company trusts us and has our back. So I mean, I was, I was a part of a workflow and a set of meetings a few weeks ago that was a little bit ironic or humorous, but I think probably sheds light on, on this dynamic where it was really myself and other care leaders who were kind of uh, like, pounding on the door of the accounting and finance department saying, you know, like we're trying to dive deeper into all of the accommodations that we're providing. We want to make sure that we have good targets here. We want to make sure we're being responsible. And I was almost asking the question after several years of like, why don't you you all care about this more? Like, why don't we get more heat on this? Like we're, we're, we're trying to apply some pressure on ourselves just to make sure that we're executing on the vision and on the strategy to a T. And we just got awesome feedback basically saying like, no, we get it. I mean, we, we, we care about the dollars and cents and we care about everything you're saying you care about an equal amount. It's just that we trust you. Like we, we've assumed all along that you're doing what you have to do. So instead of the finance team imposing strict budget requirements on us or saying like, why did you go over budget and accommodations last week? They're more viewing it as the opposite of they see what we're getting done historically and they work closely enough with all of us um, that they trust that whatever we're doing is actually where the the budget or the target should be moved to. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a, actually like a flip of the traditional conversation that, um, you know, after all these years still, I found pretty cool and satisfying. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been at Daily Harvest for the past three and a half years. And how long were you at Surf? I was at Zurich for over 10 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, Joe. 
<laughs> I knew it was a long time, but that's strange. Yeah, it's uh, uh, uncommon, uncommon nowadays. But I started off with that hourly internship, 10 bucks an hour, no mm-hmm. benefits, I don't mind saying, and took that leap of faith and it turned into a well over 10 year, just awesome, you know, career launching, life-changing kind of experience. Yeah, that's amazing. So after Zerve and before Daily Harvest mm. or including Daily Harvest, as you were making changes in your career, what was important to you as you considered what the next move was for you? Yeah, that's a great question. It's interesting for me to think back um, to that time. And I, I viewed it after I left Zerve and that 10-year experience, which was awesome throughout um, you know, had ups and downs as any 10-year journey would. And especially it was a business that really was flying high and did so many amazing things, you know, but ultimately didn't, in the end, have sort of the longevity or the the world-changing impact we had hoped for. So it's coming out of that experience and taking stock of it, but also taking stock of uh, part of the leadership experience at Zerve. And if anyone was listening has worked at, you know, pretty scrappy kind of high-growth startup environment, would this would resonate of just wearing many different hats at once, which was a privilege and I think was a crash course for me in leadership. And again, going from someone who really knew nothing um, truly about running a business um, and then 10 years later, you know, feeling pretty confident to head head out there in the world. But I also reflected that we might have in some shades gone too far with an approach of everyone wearing, or like not everyone, but the most trusted leadership in the business, which Courtney, you became a part of as well. And we'd all just kind of put on different hats throughout the day and try to figure everything out together. And with all respect and love for the experience I had there, by the end, I felt like, you know what, maybe it does make sense even more so than that for somebody to really be able to dive deep and specialize and own their area. And then we have somebody else owning their area and so forth. And, you know, of course, a big part of career journey is figuring out all the ways that leadership within a business and department heads should be in lockstep and fully aligned and collaborate and complement each other, of course. But um, it's kind of meditating on this idea of like, you know what, I've, I've done different things now in a business and in leadership, but at its core, what I've loved the most, what I kept coming back to were basically two things. One was the customer service, whatever each company calls it, right? But like a customer service um, function. And uh, that that idea of providing amazing service and helping people and using it to propel the business. And the second thing being working with the team, um, which we have fond memories of working together. And that's been another, um, I think, staple throughout my career is just I love I love people management, people development. I love mentoring and teaching others. I love the true thousand percent sincere idea of like people are always teaching and mentoring me as well, um, no matter what, you know, the two respective roles and levels are in the company. Those were the things I loved the most. So I decided at that time to really just double down and refocus my career. Um, you know, like, I guess I could have gone out to another small startup and been like, hey, I could help you to run the whole business. I'm used to chaos, you know, blah, blah. but I decided to go a different route and say, I want to try to find a role and a company where I could just focus on, you know, the customer and the team again. And uh, I don't know, in a sense, like launch a, a phase two of my career, a little bit more specialized leadership. And so um, I found that first at a business called First Dibs. And then next at uh, SeatGeek for a few years. And those were two roles that were the bridge in my career between Zerve and now Daily Harvest. And where I was able to spend a few years, learn a tremendous amount from great leaders, um, 
get some experience in the non-Zerve business world, which again, to broaden that or make that a little more applicable to others, it's like if you start your career in one fast-paced startup where there's ups, downs, successes, defeats, but you're kind of making it up as you go and making your own rules. I don't know if you experience this too, Courtney, you have to start somewhere else and be like, hello world, hello normal <laughs> community of companies out there in the world and you know, learn norms and best practices. So I think part of my career journey and why I'm so like to this day, I'm beyond appreciative for the leaders at that business first dibs that came next for me after Zerve. In some ways, I was overqualified for the role because I was proud of how I'd helped to run this business of Zerve. But in some ways, I was underqualified and they were taking a leap of faith on me um, because I was green in terms of the way that certain really critical you know, workflows and, and parts of, of uh, working at a more mature startup and running a business. I was pretty green in some regards as well. So I think I did a great job in those first couple of years after Zerve. But I think that um, there were leaders out there who took a chance on me and really sort of brought me along for that that like second phase or chapter two of my leadership career. Yeah. Now that you're talking, I am sort of remembering just how much we all did take on AdServe. And I think I the way that I approach my jobs now is this mentality of we can all figure it out together and we know we're going to do a great job. And I think part of that is a mentality that I learned even from you. And I feel confident in getting to the end result in a really successful way. Um not knowing what that is going to be. I just, you know, feel confident that we will get there if you surround ourselves and with smart people and mm-hmm. talk through it and communicate well. And um, so much of that does come from the mentality that we had at Zerve. Yeah, I think 100%. I think, I think that's all true. I think along the way to empower working together and empowering others. And I know from talking about life and career since Zerve days with you, Courtney, like something we'd share is as a leader, um, you want to surround yourself with really amazing people. You do want to definitely um, create a culture and create a feeling that we can figure this all, all out together. And as a leader, I want to be a thousand percent available in any moment mm-hmm. that my team needs me. I also want to look for moments along the way, though, to elevate someone else and to call out when th- that one person might know the right decision and the right thing to do. And it might be more than I do, um, even mm-hmm. as a manager, as a leader. And so I guess, yeah, talking with you is really interesting to think about. I, I, I guess like one of the career pursuits is always finding uh, leadership pursuits would be finding that perfect balance between inspiring collaboration and teamwork and togetherness, but also looking to delegate and empower others in a way that highlights each person's you know, specialized skill set and superpowers and allows them to make true decisions as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've done a great job with both of those. I think it's probably notable. Uh, Sorry, I was just going to comment. I was like pausing momentarily because I was like, do I dare mention Barack Obama's name in this podcast? Like I'm not personally friends with Barack Obama or anything. (laughs) But what I could tell you like a little bit of a life or career story I found cool was um, I was at a conference a few years ago and I was largely there because I heard he was going to be speaking. I was like, oh my God, like to be in same room, even if a large, uh, you know, auditorium um, with Barack Obama, that's amazing. And just what, what would I get to hear him say firsthand? Super interesting, because it was a customer experience business kind of, you know, setting. And I was like, 
what is this guy going to talk about? Like he could say anything and I'd be putty in his hands, but I was like, how's he going to relate it to the challenges that customer experience or business leaders face? Um, no surprise. He did it perfectly. Uh, I guess I'm revealing a big Barack Obama fan, which I am, but listen, this is my point. I have a point here. I promise where he decided to focus his anecdotes in his talk was actually a lot around these ideas of team building and getting the right people in place um, setting leaders up in areas where, you know, he spoke incredibly eloquently and humbly about, hey, areas like I, I know nothing about, right? Like he was president, but he didn't understand how to tackle a really complex issue, A, B, or C. And he just spoke about um, how so much of his success was putting the right people in place and truly empowering them and delegating to them. So I'd say like for me, I walked into that talk or into that conference just generally believing in these ideas. And I walked out of hearing President Obama speak to them being like, wow, this is incredible. It's everything from like a leader in a small business to the president of the United States um, would attribute so much of their success to building a great team, delegating and truly empowering the people around them. Like that was that was pretty impactful for me. Yeah, building teams and empowering people to take on more responsibility that kind of work is also just so impactful and motivating. And that's kind of when I feel the most connected in my job and my career, when I see the development and growth that comes from the work that we do together. And yeah, it just creates these effects where they are learning, they're taking on more, they're going to have that same impact on somebody in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's just the most rewarding work that I've ever experienced. Yeah, I would definitely do a massive plus one to that. Like I was, yeah, I was ref just reflecting on on the big moments of success and satisfaction in career. And like it could go in two different directions. I mean, for sure, big wins on customer experience do actually really feed my soul. Like kind of to points we were talking about earlier, I, I do think that stuff matters. And if you realize that you drove some innovation or change that um, is going to make you know, life a little bit better and easier and more joyous for, you know, depending on scale of your business, like hundreds or thousands or millions of people like that, that is, that is really cool. I would have to say, Courtney, you know, this about me, probably if I had to just like force rank or, or choose the, the moments that I find the most um, rewarding, it, it definitely is around people management, people leadership, mentorship, and just, yeah, kind of like what you were speaking to there of the idea of that network effect of sorts of like, you know, Zerv was a, you know, by most people's uh, standards would be like a fairly small company. But if I was able to work with a set of people there and inspire them to be awesome leaders in the future, and you think about that person and how many um, employees and people's lives you've probably touched Courtney and then the next person, the next person. And it's awesome that we have some of those shared, you know, friends and connections. And then you start to think about their reports and their reports and that that's awesome. Like I just, you know, I think we all, we all want to make a teeny tiny impact on this world. And if you think like, Hey, maybe there were a whole bunch of careers that were a little bit better off because um, of any of our leadership, like that's, that's as fulfilling or as humbling and inspiring as it could get, I think. Yeah, I agree. As you think about your future, do you set goals or milestones professionally and personally? How do you think about your future? How do you plan for your future? That's an it's a really awesome question. And again, with credit to uh, to Daily Harvest, like we've had we had a big push the last year or two, really making sure that all leaders at all levels were kind of 
you know, bringing along their people in the right ways and helping them to fulfill their goals. So I just, when you asked that, I had a flashback actually uh, to Rachel, our founder, CEO, kind of, you know, grabbing some time with her around that. And I felt at that time, I almost felt embarrassed or like I wasn't doing the exercise correctly. Uh, I'll tell you like kind of what I went through with her. And she's been one of the people the last few years of my career to be very reaffirming and supportive at the right moments. You know, really for me, Courtney, um, my goals that I brought to her were very much more life goals Mm -hmm. and just goals around the way that uh, I want to live my life, you know, Mm -hmm. the impact I want to have on others and the different balances that I want to strike. So I was talking more about feelings of true fulfillment and freedom and, and happiness and having the ability to, you know, derive uh, inspiration and fulfillment from work, but also then to have the ability to, I have two uh, young boys, four and one, um, have an amazing wife and, you know, other family and friends and, and ambition in life. I love to travel as most people do, all these things. So what I came to her was more, this is where I want to get to in life, you know, over the next few years. And then these are kind of some rough, like half-baked thoughts as to how um, I could uh, achieve those goals with career being a part of that. And since, you know, we can't just snap our fingers and do all the fun, cool stuff we want to in life, um, we need to figure out a way to kind of marry together career goals and life goals. And that's how I think about it. So I think about it more as could I, could I continue to work hard and smart and achieve enough so that I could take these passions I have, um, you know, around customer care and mentorship and people and helping out a business do it in such a way um, where I could still achieve a work-life balance and, you know, hit some of my life goals. And that's really the way that I, I talked her through it. And again, to the credit of Rachel at Daily Harvest, or I think any great leader, you know, her response was like, not only are those not the wrong answers, because there's no wrong answer, but that's an awesome answer. And let's kind of keep unpacking that and help you to get there. And, and that's the way that uh, I've always been mentored um, at DH, which is awesome. Yeah, that's amazing that she opened up that conversation. I don't think you see that all the time where managers are talking with their folks about personal goals also in addition to professional goals. And the two are so tied together. And that's amazing that she recognized that and created space for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I thought it was really fantastic that as a business, we were going to increase our focus there. I would say with pride, it's definitely been the big part of the relationship um, I've had with any direct report is talking about their, you know, their broader career and life ambitions and trying to help them get there. Um, I think it was also another great example of how you absolutely have to model something at the top. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it's going to seep down and it's really going to, you know, it, it, it's going to have an ill effect. Whereas the opposite, like in this case, you know, here I am like a year or two later on your pod, on your fancy podcast. And I'm talking about this moment I had with Rachel, which really was her modeling at the tippy top of the company. Like, Hey, I just told all of you, you know, VPs or department heads, like this is something you need to do with your directors and they do with the managers and so forth. Um, and it wouldn't be genuine. And I think it wouldn't be executed on too effectively if uh, her direct reports weren't having that experience as well in their one-on-one. So 
yeah, it was really, really awesome. It's whatever level I'm at uh, in any company in the future, those are the moments I try to hold on to. You're never too big or too small um, to take those moments with, with your team for sure. Was that conversation with Rachel before you moved to Hawaii? <laughs> That's, I'm finding out you're even more a master of segues than, uh, than I realized. Um, that conversation would have been probably right around this, the same time. So mm-hmm. she was definitely having to get used to, uh, yeah, her, her head of customer care, you know, trying to figure out all these life and career things together was totally there, there for it and there for me. So, uh, yeah, we had, um, I guess to, to speak to that for a minute, which as you know, Courtney is my favorite topic in the world to speak to <laughs> like all of these are you're introducing, but Hawaii, I could talk about it for days. Um, but my wife, my wife and I had taken a vacation to Maui, like, five years ago. And I guess as anyone who comes to Hawaii, we're just, you know, super excited. I mean, it was kind of uh, a little bit of like on again, off again dream as for a lot of people of like, oh, you hear about Hawaii, it'll be so pretty, it'll be so fun. And we were headed back from that trip and we were just chewing anyone's ear off who would listen, like, but it was more than that. Or like, you know, you're of moments you're telling family and friends about something. They're kind of smiling and like patting you on the head, like, yes, Joe, yes, very good. And anyway, long story short, we felt such a connection um, to the place and the people and the culture and just the nature and everything. So we kind of swore to spend more time here in Hawaii at some point in our lives. So uh, we decided to kind of give it a go um, and spend at least a year out here. So I'm actually in the middle of that right now um, on the island of Maui. And yeah, I think like circling back to, I think where your question was headed this is another one of my big, big, big uh, like talking points or concepts I, I, I focus on with my team is this idea that you have the ability, anyone has the ability to build up capital you know, in, in their workplace and you build up capital on a one-on-one relationship standpoint. So um, like the very first time you meet somebody, whether it's like a direct report, a colleague, a new manager, feeling each other out, you know, kind of starting to build up capital, like a sense of trust and, and capital with that person. Um, I've always tried to go the extra mile, like for sure, for anywhere I work, any any manager that I have, as well as my people. So I think that that is one of those, that was a moment for me and maybe for other people, like everyone has their own moments where it's like you build up capital, you do the right thing for years and you hope that you could spend some of the capital. So I think for sure that was a moment for me, uh, yeah, at Daily Harvest where I was, I was spending a big chunk of change, a big chunk of capital all at once and saying, Hey, like we're doing a lot of remote work already. Yeah. I do go to the office uh, a couple times a month or so, but how about if I didn't and how about if I, you know, moved to Hawaii and, and tried to work out here. And so uh, my wife and I did a lot of planning and we kind of built up to, we decided that my talking to, to my job and Rachel was going to be a key next step. And that was another of those conversations I'll never forget where Rachel was like a combination of Hey, that sounds super fun and awesome. I'm kind of jealous, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should have done that. Uh, combined with, dude, you're gonna have to wake up really early. And I was like, <laughs> just kind of laughing, and I was like, no, I, I know, but I'll make it work, and blah blah blah. And Rachel was like, just almost, almost laughing about it, being like, I know you, I know you're gonna make it work. Mm-hmm. You, you could go off and do whatever you want to do. I just. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're gonna have to wake up early. So it was a very lighthearted conversation. And uh, off we went to Hawaii. Yeah, that's amazing. So you're keeping East Coast hours? I'm largely keeping East Coast hours. Um, 
I've had funny conversations with people. Um, Courtney knows me. I kind of tend to be, I guess, a little bit cautious about things. Like even whatever level I'm at or being a department head, I want to make sure I'm doing right by the team. I want to make sure I'm kind of following the rules in a sense. So I strove to work out a set schedule with my manager and my team. And really, again, it's just like a very blessed situation where both above me and and, uh, reporting up into me, people are just very supportive and they kind of trust I'm going to do what I have to do Um, at the same time for me. Absolutely. I'm going to sign in and like say hi to people I work with closely um, many mornings by 5 a.m. local time, like to a T and already I'm an hour or two behind some people who are, you know, already at it running the the department and and running the company. So uh, yeah, I I do keep an early schedule. It's kind of somewhere in between East Coast hours and West Coast hours. Um, My current manager is in Seattle on the West Coast. And so it played out to be a situation where, um, you know, a pr- pretty receptive, like awesome dream situation to be able to work a little bit later hours, but definitely keep up with all the key meetings and workflows in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the trade-off, I think. And a lot of people do that and it's worth it to them. That is tough though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, and I say this with like a thousand percent sincerity, um, Yes, in some ways it's tough and uh, having <laughs> a one-year-old and a four-year-old and when the alarm's set to like 4.40 or whatever it is, I mean, it might not be a fun moment when the alarm clock goes off, but to be able to do everything that I do holistically and to have built this life and to put it more directly and lightheartedly, I mean, when I sign off at like 1, 2, 3 p.m. and I'm in Hawaii, um, it's worth it every single day. <laughs> like, yeah a million times over. So I would definitely recommend it to anybody who could swing it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, one last question. What sort of advice do you have for somebody who is trying to figure out what they want to do in their careers long term? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I definitely spend a lot of time thinking about this sort of thing and chatting with people about it in both directions, like people I consider mentors and then people who seek out my advice. Um, I would say like a couple of general things. One, speak to try to speak to tons of people, mm-hmm. gain as many perspectives as you can. Um, by my nature, I could be introverted. But what I try to do is actually really push myself and not just use that energy or like use the extrovert juice um, in all the obvious ways in the job, like leading team meetings and presentations and that sort of thing. I try to save some of that juice to also be more extroverted, to reach out to people um, mm-hmm. in any setting, you know, meet a new person or anytime I go to a career sort of thing, I'm reaching out to people after like, Hey, that was a great talk. Can we just grab half an hour sometime and, and chat? Um, just anyone where I feel like their perspective would be interesting. And sometimes those conversations end up being really in the weeds on like a customer care metric. Other times we barely talk about work. You just find somebody new to, you know, bounce some ideas off of, talk about life, talk about career life balance. Um, and, and just as many new perspectives as you could gain as possible. So that would be one piece of advice I have. Definitely trying new things out, even if you find something that you love, you know, not really focused on in our discussion as there were other moments, including at Zerve, where I'd focus more of my time on something else and realize this actually isn't what I want to spend the rest of uh, my career, the rest of my life on. There are areas, Courtney, where I know you've led and excelled in your career, um, the last whole bunch of years where I would 
tried my hand in it and go and and ran for the hills practically right but i learned <laughs> a lot from it because i still i still would learn and enjoy from that experience but it would also help to sharpen my focus on what i do enjoy the most and where i gain the most uh, fulfillment so I think there's like very corny advice of, of follow your heart. And like, yeah, some of it is follow your heart, but also I think more specifically speak to tons of people, try a bunch of things out, do still follow your heart and notice, um, notice where you truly feel uh, happy and fulfilled. And the last thing I would say is figure out what's really important to you and at different points in your life and your career. And then don't be shy or ashamed about identifying what those things are and going for it. So I know like an example from early in my career um, in those Zerv days was I realized early on, I'm like, gosh, you know, eventually I'm going to have to earn, earn a little bit more money to support myself. And I also realized that I really did enjoy having decision-making power in a business. And so I really doubled down my effort, my focus at that time in my career, I was thinking about up-leveling and, uh, you know, achieving higher compensation and more decision-making power which I look back on, and I think people have worked with me in the last bunch of years in my career. They might be surprised to hear that uh, that I was like <laughs> I was focused on money and power. But I realized at that point in my career and my life, those were things I had to focus on. I had to get from point A to point B. Then at other points in my life, you know, uh, the focus shifted, and it might have been more around fulfillment or work life balance. And so, with intention, I would I would kind of shift what I was putting in and where my focus was at that point in my career. So. Um, yeah, that, that would be the last point that I do speak with folks about or, you know, make sure that what your areas of focus and your goals are for that part of your career and life are actually well aligned with the way that you're approaching your job and the effort that you're putting in. There's no right and wrong approach or answer there. But what you're putting in and showing like to your company and your manager should be very well aligned with what you want to achieve and get out of it. And uh, like the higher you could achieve alignment there. I think the smoother the experience will be and the more success and uh, ultimately happiness and fulfillment you'll find. Yeah, that's incredible advice. I'm not surprised since I've received some great advice from you <laughs> along the years, but thank you, Courtney. Awesome. I'm glad you were able to make sense of it. Uh, you know, as a friend of mine, I, you know, do better in many hours long discussions over a coffee or a beer, but <laughs> uh, try to have it uh, make sense in just a few minutes as best as possible. Well, hopefully we can talk over coffee and chocolate <laughs> and Jacques Therese soon. New yeah, York Jacques does Therese miss you. Or, Don't forget about Maui. us over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, just let me know when your plane is, is touching down to Maui and we'll grab that beer. Good point. All right. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. <laughs> hope so. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Joe. This has been such an incredible discussion. Yeah, it's it's been so much fun and, and really hearty. Uh, thanks to you and congrats on everything you're achieving in your career and leadership journey. Um, it's awesome and a privilege to be a part of it. Go to unchartedcareers.com if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one career coaching or are looking to learn more about Uncharted Careers and my coaching approach. Thanks for listening.